The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Murder. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey. It's been a little bit since we've done a regular episode. Jamie was dying for a little bit. Correct. Um, I'm less dying now. She's less dying now. She still is. She's on the mend, but she still, uh, I think you need another round of steroids. But I need another round of fucking something. Yeah. That's for sure. A punch in the face. Suck it on my fucking inhaler like it's a crack pipe. Yeah, I know. I know. But, I mean, at least, dude, when you first got sick, I mean, you were... I was scared. I I was scared for you. I I was really scared, to be honest with you. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And when you start crying... (laughs) Yeah. I know something's wrong. I love how... It's funny, too, when it gets bad, you guys, like, panic and call Nana. <laughs> yeah, we do. We don't know what else to do. <laughs> Someone call Nana. <laughs> Nana knows what to do. <coughs> Nana knows what to do always. Yep. So So I'm going to cough again through this episode. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to try not to. Yeah. Can't help it. You can't help it. Just take a sip of Monster. Ah, that's what I'll do. Mm. Hmm. I'm kind of looking at your uh, peach tea one. Mm. Really? Mm. You have coffee. Yeah, I know. I worked all night. I know. Ugh. Do you want it? No, it's okay. I have I... another blue one. You can take it. You have another blue one? Yeah, you can take the peach tea one. Could I really? Also, I do have a um, an Arizona pink pink lemonade and sweet tea. Ooh, those are good. They're and real I, good. I, I, I like love sweet the air, babe. The Arizonas are fucking phenomenal. They really are. For but a dollar, you maybe. can't go wrong. Yeah, you can have it. It's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Thanks, babe. That's God, enough. see, you do love me. You know, uh, I gave one. I gave a monster to uh, one of your former task force members the other day at four in the morning. Did you really? And he was like, "This is love." I recognize this as love, and I was like, "As you should." Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You giving up a monster is yep. a big deal. Huge. Yeah. Huge. 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 Even the girl next door was like, "Did she just give you her monster?" And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "So." No, that was nice of you. I like him. Uh, all so. the task force guys are awesome. Yeah. So. Well, that I haven't was so seen nice Luke in a while. I know, but, I know. Did you get to see him the other day? No. The murder? No? No, because they left and like they had to be back early. And yeah. I, honestly, I think they had another one that day. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you had a murder. Uh, Markham. The, the Patreon members know about it, but you had a murder right, right across, across the, the street. street from your building. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, as you pull in, you see the tape. Marked off and, and everything. It was already like the night before, we had nine people shot in one town, and then the power went out like within an hour. 
And it was just busy. Dude. So the next day we're like, it's Sunday. Awesome. And then I get off the expressway and I'm like, motherfucker. When you drive into that, you know like your day is just going to be full of shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like what the motherfuck. Yeah. So I guess like they, they pull up and. You know, we we make sure the scene is secure. You guys secure our scenes before we walk in, and Yo. we're told the scene is secure. And then they start screaming that the scene is not secure. <laughs> so they God. grab dude and pull into our parking lot. <laughs> that's how close we were. So, oh my God, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it definitely it gives new meaning to the fireworks versus gunshots game. Oh yeah. Because they were that close. Yeah. And even the guys in like in the building thought it was fireworks. They said it they it had like that fizzle afterwards. Oh really? There was many many shell casings. So there was probably more than one shooter. Mm. There had to have been. So How many shell casings did you see? Like 50 something. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a shootout. Yeah. And meanwhile, nobody, like, everybody's like, eh, all right. Yeah, well, just this is the, how today's going to go. Yeah, right, just right. the, another day. Eh. Whatever. Meh. Whatever. But. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a day. I had a so, brand new EMT who uh, delivered a baby the other day. Congratulations. Yes. Awesome. Her very first ride time day. Oh, that's and cool. And we warn them about their ride time day. We're like, you're going you're gonna to love it or you're going to hate it and you're going to know by noon. Yeah. One of them had an overdose and a full arrest by noon, and one of them delivered a baby. That's awesome. So I got to order stork pins. Yes, you do. So they can get them. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You got to give them something. Oh, you, we always do for the baby. It's, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to participate in the birth of my own children, let alone somebody else's. So <laughs> the least you should do is get a fucking pin for it. Right. Shit. Uh, so, babe, I'm a little bummed out. I don't care. Okay. And I'm kidding. Why? No, oh, just God. I got the the test results back from my brain well we knew what they were going to be yeah and they're pretty spot on to what we thought they were yeah. going to be i think just hearing it out loud so coding did affect my brain yep in a couple different ways mm-hmm. so short-term memory short-term memory interpretation mm-hmm. um she said i'm actually on the borderline of adhd now now yeah as if you weren't before? Well, I, I don't know if You've I never was been before. Tested, yeah. I was never tested before. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing that she said. She said she wish wishes she could have tested me before. So I wonder she could how many people have compare. testing like that, bef- like just to have. I don't know. Because, I mean, I don't see a reason to have had it prior to. No, I don't Other I don't than either. the ADHD testing, which is yeah. generally a piece of paper. So, yeah, hmm. I'm curious. Know. But yeah, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's a downer. Hearing it, I think. Hearing it out yeah. loud, like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it almost makes me feel less of a man, to be honest with you. But then counteract it with the fact that you wrote a motherfucking book. And I'm debating about writing a second one you, my, already. Why would you even debate it? Why would you even debate yeah, it? just living just with... Just fucking do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, I will. Why not? Yeah, I, I, I think the point of the second one is just living with everything going on. 
you know, like I, I got into it in the first book. And a little bit, we'll yeah. See. But um, long term, long term. You know, a lot of the stuff in the book it. you will expect from a brain injury and stuff short term. But right, I don't think a lot of people understand the daily life with exactly. Bless Sorry. you. I don't think they understand. I mean. <sighs> There's families that don't understand what their loved one is going through it, on and, a daily basis. And my my side of the family doesn't understand. They, they don't understand. Mm-mm. You know, I I think my two mom, of them do. I think. <laughs> yeah, and I I think my mom is starting to get there. Yeah, you know, after explaining everything yeah. to her, but you know, a couple times. Yeah. I, I think she's starting to get there, but yeah, o- o- only two people. I really, our sister in law really, and our nephew, and that's because yeah, our sister in law, her and I are very very close. Yeah, and our nephew because he's here and yeah. he sees it, so that makes a difference when you hear about it <coughs> regularly or you see it regularly. Then you do get a different feel for what's happening. Yeah, so that's you my know? plan. I I think I I am gonna do it. You know, even though the first book still hasn't come out. Doesn't I mean, matter. It, it took a year to write it. Huh. So, I, you know, this, I think, will take a long time, too. I, I think you absolutely should. You know, but... I couldn't write a fucking book. It, it still baffles me. Like, I'm actually an author. I may or may not have done a psychology project for someone and got a 61 out of 60. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. I can't write a book. I'm still very proud of that. My you psychology be. project. Yeah, you should be proud. Yeah. When she was like, yeah, we got a 60. And I was like, mother... F-. And she's like, out of 60. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, that's a good 60. Yep. Uh, so, I don't know, babe. It's all right. Anything else going on? We found... Um, a new um, liquor <laughs> that we like. Oh my God, Jameson Orange. So for my birthday. Yes. My my girl, my girl, and my boy, they were working together on my birthday and came in with cupcakes with unicorns on them mm-hmm. and flowers and Theraflu. Yes. And a mug to drink my Theraflu in. <laughs> right. <laughs> and a bottle of Jameson Orange. Oh my God, babe! It's oh. the smoothest, most tastiest liquor you know I've ever had. We open it because they're like, you, you got to at least smell it. Yeah, and I was like, pour it in my fucking tea. What do you mean it I got to? It smells at least smell like it? Fanta. It does. So she said, mix it with ginger ale, and he said it's just the smoothest shot you'll you, do. You don't even need to mix it. It's so fucking good. Oh, it's so delicious. So good. Yeah. If you haven't tried it, you've Try got it. to. Yeah. It's so good. I, I mean, I only had a sip. You're partaking in the bottle. I want to try mixing, actually, this peach tea monster I want to try the ginger ale with I, Yeah, the ginger ale would yeah. be good, too. Um, but, oh, my God, is it Maybe go get ginger tasty. ale tonight. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Why not? I'm put tint on the windows. That's pretty much all I'm doing later. Yeah. So... No, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, Fuck, I'm. I mean, you I'm had down. a glass of it yesterday. I left for work at you two o'clock. Me, you I, called me at like nine thirty, and you're like, "I fell asleep." Babe, no one, shit, dude. One fucking glass <laughs> knocked me the fuck out. Yeah, knocked me the fuck out. Yeah, but when you called me at nine, you're like, 
I didn't even know I fell asleep. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't. Babe, it's been like four and a half hours. And you're like, I, I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't know you left. I didn't mm. know what time it was. Yep. Oh, my God. You know, tonight's a full moon. Oh, babe. And a holiday, technically, uh, because yeah. everybody's off tomorrow. Yeah, happy 4th of July, by the way, everyone. I hope you have a safe and happy holiday if you did it over the weekend. I hope you enjoyed it with your family and friends and everything. But uh, Otherwise, yeah, if you it's get about di- that time. Medicate your dogs for the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to uh, over here. We will be. We will be again tomorrow, so... He just, you know, we had this discussion about dogs, about how they're just, you're their everything. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, without a doubt. And yeah. he's, he's been, our chancellor's been literally up my butt for two weeks. Yep. Every day I'm sick and I'm home. He's in front of me or behind me. Yep. He's guarding you. He's, he's oh, like behind me, but next to me right now. He's yeah. like circling my chair. Yeah, your mama. You're my bull beast. You're, you're his girl. Yeah, he's like circling my chair right now. Yeah, he's a good boy. So shitting in the hallway, that'd be fucking crazy. Yeah, I know. We we got to get one of the baby like gates. I'm gonna get one. Yeah, for upstairs. Yeah, I'm gonna get one because it's it's getting a little out of hand. He gets Uh anxiety so bad. But I don't know. I don't know. I was gonna say something and I totally forgot. I don't know, babe. Why can't you lie to? An x-ray tech. I don't know, babe. Because they can see right through you. Oh, my God. (laughs) The x-ray techs that listen to this, because I do know there are a few, are like, really? (laughs) One of them I know, though, is probably laughing hysterically. Probably. That's She's the only one. Probably. Mm -hmm. And you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, do you gotta oh, blow your shit. nose or anything? I, I, it doesn't come out. It's it's stuck. Uh, it's like fucking concrete. Yeah, I don't know why. I can't help like, it. Like sinusy, you've been so fucking Babe, it's bad. Awful. It's so. It's so bad. Oh, I, I started this morning. Like my Musinex started to wear off. Yeah. <clears throat> and I started a coughing fit. And one of the guys walked in, and he's like. Jesus fuck, really? Still? And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's been three weeks. I can't help it. Three fucking weeks. Oh. Man. I was going to go back to the doctor today, but she's closed. Yeah, but I think you still so, need to go to the urgent aid. Yeah, I don't know. It's debatable. No, I, I think I'm going to force you. Oh. I'll find well, somebody. What's that face for? I'll, I'll find steroids. Don't worry. All right. Without having to go to an actual doctor. Get it on the street like a hype? Where's where's my girl? I, I have Mexican amoxicillin. I mean, I might as well get Mexican steroids. Yeah, true. True. I'm just saying. She she was like, God damn, you know you're sick when the Mexican shit won't kick it out. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, right? I know. It's the strongest yeah. shit out there. It's half meth. Still, Man. nothing. Yeah. Uh. yeah, we'll see. So anyways, Patreons, we have quite a few. We do have quite a few. And I'm probably going to double say a few of your names. So (coughs) go ahead, baby. We have Stacy. Stacy. Thank you. Sherry. Sherry. Thank you. Terry. Terry. Thank you. Tracy. Tracy. Thank you. Uh, Rayanne. Rayanne. Thank you. I like that name too. Um, I believe this is Jan. Jan. J-A-N. That's Jan, right? Yeah. 
Michelle. Thank Michelle, thank you. Teresa. Teresa, thank you. Stephanie. Stephanie, thank you. And Jose. Jose, thank you. Do you think I can say... Do you think, I'll just say... So one of them, I don't know if they want to be called about name, was actually um, in the class that we did for Lincoln Way. Lincoln Way, yes. And has since graduated. Yes. And found us and was like, I'm, I'm a big person now. I can listen to you guys. <laughs> so, right. Welcome. Yes. I think that's that's welcome. awesome. Yeah, that's now you can hear me swear. Yeah, now you get the Woo! full full effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Now you get the whole fucking thing. Kitten caboodle. Yep. Very cool. Oh, so shit. today is a request. So um trigger warning. Um Yeah, I mean because it's it's a kid. It's a kid. It's a kid. So. She was she was a teenager when she was murdered. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty brutal. It's, I don't think it's any worse than. Yeah. Anything. With trigger warning, <laughs> just just so you have it. Trigger warning. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So take a sip of your monster and. Uh, All right. Why don't you jump right into it? So we are doing the murder of Sylvia Likens. Mm. Sylvia Marie Likens was born January 3, 1949, in Lebanon, Indiana, to parents Lester and Betty. She was the third of five children born between two sets of fraternal twins. Can you even imagine? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah, right? Uh, the set above her was two years older, and that was Daniel and Diana. And the set below her was a year younger, and that was Benny and Jenny. Very cute. Benny and Jenny. That is Benny cute. Benny and Jenny. Jenny um, had previously had polio. She ended up wearing a brace on her leg and had a noticeable limp. So Sylvia kind of watched after her. Uh, Her parents were carnival workers. They sold candy, uh, beer, and soda at, like, the concession stands. Yeah. And they traveled around um, Indiana at carnivals throughout the summer, causing them to move frequently. Um, It's alleged that they moved 19 times between 1949 and 1965. Okay. Um, the parents' marriage was pretty much unstable. They were in a constant uh, financial strain, essentially. Um, Lester and Betty would frequently take their sons on the road with them, but not their daughters, not Jenny and um, Sylvia. Okay. Now, Diana got married at 18 and moved out. Yeah. I don't know what happened to Daniel. I believe he was still on the road with them. Okay. Um, but they kept the girls home for their safety and for their education. Mm-hmm. They were often left with relatives, most often their grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvia was called Cookie by her friends and was described as friendly, confident, and lively. She would only smile with her mouth closed, though, out of embarrassment from missing a front tooth. One of her brothers had knocked it out uh, when they were wrestling when she was like seven. Aww. Uh, she loved music, especially the Beatles. And was very protective of her timid sisters, both of them timid, especially Jenny. Right. Who had that limp, you know? Yeah. She would take her to um, the roller rink so Jenny could feel normal. They would put a skate on her good foot and uh, Sylvia would just pull her around. Oh, jeez. So, during her teenage years, uh, Sylvia would earn money by babysitting, running errands, and ironing for friends and family. She would end up giving her mom a majority of her earnings, though. Yeah. So, by June of 1965, the family was living in Indianapolis, 
and the sisters attended Arsenal Technical High School. It's there they met sisters Paula and Stephanie Banaszewski. Uh, the four became acquainted very quickly. In July, uh, July 3rd of 1965, Sylvia's mom, Betty, was actually arrested for shoplifting. Oh. And she would end up serving time. Serving time she for went to, shoplifting? She went to jail. Yeah. Wow. It's the 60s. She's a woman. Yeah, true. So Lester became concerned about Sylvia and Jenny um, and what they would do with mom in jail. Yeah. He wasn't going to be able to handle them, and he couldn't leave them alone while they were traveling. Right. Uh, at this point, they were planning on traveling to the East Coast with the carnival in the off-season in Indiana, which was like July to November. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ended up somehow got acquainted with the two sisters, Paula and Stephanie, their mom, Gertrude Banaszewski. Gertrude. That's Gertrude. such an old-fashioned name, it isn't is. it? Yeah. Um, they called her Gertie. Gertrude! Um so Gertrude assured Lester that she would care for the girls as if they were her own. Yeah. And they had a, a plan that Gertrude would receive $20 weekly for a boarding fee, essentially, to okay. keep the girls. Right. So Weird, but whatever. Yeah. So just, sure. just after the 4th of July holiday, Sylvia and Jenny moved into Gertrude's home at 3850 East New York Street. The first couple of weeks at Gertrude's home were quiet. Um, There was very little noticeable discipline or abuse. They both, both girls, Sylvia and Jenny, regularly participated in household chores and games with the other sisters. And they went to church every Sunday with the family. Um, The pastor would even comment on Sylvia's spirituality. Mm. And then it stopped. Oh, boy. A little bit about Gertrude. Gertie, Gertrude, Nadine. Gertie. Banaszewski was born September 19, 1928, in Indianapolis to parents Hugh Marcus Von Voss. Von Voss. Senior and Molly Myrtle. Molly Myrtle. Yeah, both originally from Illinois. She was the third of six children in a working class family. Ooh. Uh, when Gertrude was 11, her dad had a heart attack and died in front of her. Which will fuck anybody. That's terrible. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Yeah. In 1945, at the age of 16, uh, Gertrude dropped out of high school to marry 18-year-old John Stephen Banaszewski. He had a temper uh, and would hit her once in a while. Yeah. I guess par for the course in the 60s, you know? Yeah. Um, The two actually, though, had four children and remained married for 10 years before divorcing for the first time. Ooh. There shouldn't be a second time. No, there shouldn't be a second time. So, what the fuck? So, shortly after the divorce, she married Edward Gerthy and divorced him three months later. Gerthy. Yeah. Maybe Guthrie. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Probably Guthrie. Right. I like Gerthy better. Gerthy. Uh, They divorced three months later. Damn. Three months. That's quick. Yeah. Why'd you fucking bother? Right. So, after the divorce from Maybe him... Maybe date a little bit longer. <laughs> she remarried John. Oh, dude. And had two what? more fucking kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. But they divorced again in 1963. Again. Oh, my God. Jesus That's what I'm saying. Christ. Time. Uh, weeks later, she started a relationship with a 20-year-old welder named Dennis Lee Wright. Um, so, there was like a 10-year age gap right yeah. between them. Yeah. Um, he was obviously physically abusive. Mm. 
In May of 1964, they had a son. Oh. And a month later, uh, he left her. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she would eventually file a paternity suit, which she won. It was his. Mm-hmm. And he did not give a shit because he seldom contributed still. Yeah. Uh, by 1965, she Gertrude was living in Indianapolis at the uh, home on East New York Street uh, as a single mom with seven children. Whoa. Paula was 17. Stephanie was 15. John was 12. Marie was 11. Shirley was 10. James was eight. And Dennis Jr. was one. Wow. Gertrude was wow. 36 years old, 100 pounds, and described as a, quote, haggard, underweight, asthmatic chain smoker. <laughs> Love it. Sounds like all of our mean neighbors growing yep. up that don't step on my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was said that she suffered from clinical depression um, that doctors said was caused by the stress of three failed marriages followed by a failed relationship and a recent miscarriage. Uh, it's, I read a couple places that she used a lot of prescription drugs, yeah. but it didn't say, like, were they painkillers? Were they, like, because in the 60s, there weren't really, like, a lot of oh, no. antidepressant drugs. It was just, no, like, there's no. some ghosts in your blood. Do some cocaine about it. Kind exactly. Of and this, yeah. I mean, the shit, they were handing out lithium like it was candy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know what she was on. Um, her primary source of income, though, was sporadic checks from her first husband, John, who was a former Indianapolis police officer. Oh. So right. married a cop. Cool. Yeah. Beat your kids. Um, she would do odd jobs for the neighbors and acquaintances, such as sewing or cleaning. You know. Yeah. Um, so now the girls are with, with Gertrude. Now, I wrote Lester instead of Lester. Lester's not a word. Lester. Yeah. Yeah. Not a word. It's not a word. Words are hard. Words are very hard. Yeah. Um, So Lester and Gertrude's broker deal had payment getting to Gertrude on a prearranged date every week. Yeah. Um, After only two weeks worth of payments, they started arriving late. It was literally one to two days. She never did not get paid. She got paid all the time. Yeah. Never fails. But they were one to two days late. Um, This pissed her off, nonetheless. She would take her anger out on both Sylvia and Jenny by hitting them on their bare buttocks with a paddle. She would also make the comment, quote, Well, I took care of you two little bitches for a week for nothing. Whoa! Hey-o! Should I start saying that to you and Jax? (laughs) You basically already do, so... (laughs) I mean, whatever. Uh, On one occasion in August, Paula accused Sylvia and Jenny of eating too much food at a church dinner. What's wrong with that? Bitch, it ain't my fault you're 100 pounds. Right. I like to pack it in. I I like to eat, girl. You gotta fucking pack it in for the winter. Right. What are you doing? She hit both of them 15 times with a paddle. Jeez. Uh By mid-August, for some reason, still unknown to this day... Gertrude began to focus her abuse almost exclusively on Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's assumed she could have done this out of jealousy of Sylvia's youth, appearance, respectability, and potential. Yeah. Or Jenny was what they would call lame at the time. You know, she 
was an easy target essentially because she had the limp and she couldn't really you know mm-hmm. get away um she was pissed because her daughter was a piece of shit like her right. i think there were so many different oh reasons. yeah so yeah um the abuse initially started um it would occur after school and on weekends it started as beatings with periods of starvation they would force her to eat uh, spoiled food out of the garbage. That is fucking <sighs> terrible. She was at one point accused of and punished for stealing candy that she had actually purchased. Now, Gertrude was huge on humiliation, which yeah. is why a lot of people make the assumption that she targeted Sylvia out of jealousy. Yeah. Um, in late August, Sylvia said she had a boyfriend. Um, she had met him in the spring of 65 when the family lived in Long Beach for a little while. Gertrude started taunting Sylvia, ask, asking her if she'd, quote, ever done anything with a boy. Yeah. Sylvia, she didn't have a clue what she fucking meant. Right. She meant, like, going out with and doing stuff. So Sylvia was like, well, I guess so. Yeah. She said she went skating and she went to the beach with the boys. Uh, when Gertrude left the room, the conversation continued between Jenny, Sylvia, and Stephanie. Because, you know, Stephanie's the same age as there. Yeah. Um, Sylvia said once that she had laid under the covers with her boyfriend. Gertrude Ooh. heard this and continuously started to question Sylvia why she would do that. She then started telling Sylvia that she was looking big in the stomach. Saying, quote, it looks like you're going to have a baby. What? Thanks, asshole. Yeah. Uh, knowing enough to know that that's not how this works, right? Sylvia assumed that Gertrude was just joking, um, agreed, and said she needed to go on a diet. Gertrude went on to tell everyone in the house that if they, quote, did something with a boy, they would be sure to have a baby. She then full on cunt-punted Sylvia. What? Kicked her square in the vagina. What the That fuck? was her fucking go-to. She would kick this poor girl in the crotch. In the vagina? Repeatedly. Why? To the point that later on you'll see the damage that she actually did to her okay. in that area. Yeah. I mean, she would just repeatedly kick her in the vagina. What an asshole. Yeah. Um, She would kick her and say, quote, you ain't fit to sit in a chair. Wow. Wow, what an asshole. Meanwhile... She's talking about how if you do anything with a boy, you're going to get pregnant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 17-year-old Paula, her daughter, was three months fucking pregnant. Oh, Jesus. Now, I am by no means shaming Paula for being pregnant. Right. None at all. Right. But um, your mama's beating up another girl (laughs) for saying she had a boyfriend. Mm. Clearly, you had a boyfriend of some kind. Oh, yeah. So, Mm. you want to be the power of the fucking kettle. So, the humiliation part. Gertrude would invite neighborhood kids over to watch or participate. What? Yeah. And they would come over. What is wrong with <laughs> She would with charge this them lady? like five cents to like hit her. Are you serious? Big, yeah. Dude, this is bonkers. It is. So, on one occasion, Gertrude, Sylvia, and... Um, or, excuse me. Gertrude, the neighborhood kids, one of them by the name of Randy Gordon... Um, would force feed a hot dog overloaded with condiments and spices to Sylvia. 
What the fuck? I mean, that sounds delicious, I but, know, but I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't want it shoved down my throat. Well, that's what she said. She threw up, and then they made oh. her eat that. Oh, that's that, fucking disgusting. I had to stop for the night uh, when I read that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I can handle some pretty. Uh, uh, that one did me. Yeah, anything. that's. Yeah. Oh my god, that's bad. Um, so in retaliation, Sylvia's like. Fuck this! I'm gonna tell everybody the girls are hookers. <laughs> <laughs> so she she went around the high school saying that Paula and Stephanie were prostitutes. Wow! Okay. Stephanie found out about the rumor um, when she was jokingly propositioned by a boy at school. Wow! Uh, Sylvia admitted to starting it, and Stephanie punched her in the face. Seems about right. It's about right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, both Tit girls, right? And both girls ended up feeling fucking terrible. And cried and apologized to each other. Hmm. Should be over. Yeah. Right? No. When Stephanie's 15-year-old boyfriend, Coy, uh, Randolph Hubbard, so he's Coy Hubbard, heard about the rumor, he beat the ever-loving shit out of Sylvia. Jeez, this poor fucking girl. Uh, First of all, where are you coming from that it's acceptable as a 15-year-old boy to beat the shit out of a girl? Right. So you're gonna hear the dog whine a little bit. We can't stop every time he does it. There's nothing we can do. They're, no, they're lighting fireworks, fireworks off are, now. So, yeah. um, so he slapped her, hit her head against the wall, and then flipped her backwards onto the floor. Holy shit! Like a fucking wrestler. Like a like he's beating a man. Was yes. he in WWE I, or he, something? Babe, I swear to God. And like seriously, what kind of a, a where did you come from that this is acceptable? Right. Um. Well, then Gertrude found out. And beat the fuck out of her with a paddle. Dude. Yeah. This poor girl. So not long after that, um, Paula beat Sylvia. What the fuck? In the face. She focused on her eyes in and her teeth. In the face. Yeah. She fucking hit Sylvia so hard in the face, she broke her own wrist. Well, that, that's what you get, bitch. Mm-hmm. But then would beat Sylvia with the cast. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Dude, this poor girl. Mm-hmm. What a fucking life. So Gertrude would constantly rant about prostitution and women in general just being filthy. She would falsely accuse Sylvia of being promiscuous and a prostitute. Wow. I put in my notes. Let me remind you, 17-year-old Paula is pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So eventually, Gertrude started making Jenny hit Sylvia. Dude. She would tell Jenny, or she would physically beat her, if Jenny refused. Wow. Coy Hubbard, the boyfriend, would bring friends to the home for the sole purpose of torturing Sylvia. Gertrude actively encouraged this. You ready for this? Yeah. They would use her as a practice dummy for judo practice. Dude, I don't even know what to say at this point. Well, my first question is, where are your fucking parents? Yeah. I get it. They're carnies. They're on the East Coast. I get it. But you have two kids back at home. Yeah. That you're not checking on. No, not at all. Clearly. Not at all. And there's really nothing, like, prior to this, there's no history, known history of abuse of Gertrude hitting her kids. During this, 
there's no mention of her hitting her own kids. So there's no history of Gertrude abusing anybody prior to this girl. That's insane. So what fucking snapped what? in your little pee fucking brain? Yeah. That made you do and it's like I mean Dude, it, this it's is torturous. Evil. It's not it's like she's fucking just, evil. She didn't slap her around. No. She she tortured this girl. And just her. It's pure evil, <sighs> dude. So, they would put cuts on her body, burn her with cigarettes more than a hundred times. Oh, my God. Including her genital area. Oh, dear And again, Lord. Gertrude would repeatedly kick her in the crotch. Um, Gertrude's hum- humiliation hit a whole new level at one point. Mm-hmm. Sylvia was forced to strip naked and masturbate with a Pepsi bottle in front of the neighborhood kids. What? She said... What the fuck is going on, Yeah, Gertrude said this was so Sylvia could, quote, prove to Jenny what kind of a girl you are. Uh, I'm at loss for words. I I, I don't even... It's going to get better. I, I don't even know what to say. At this point, Sylvia is still attending school. How? Um, I said, <laughs> so know? clearly we just choose to ignore this. Right. This girl's being starved. She's being beaten. Nobody notices. No one notices? Hmm. Cool. Got it. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. We would have a new kid living in our house. That's what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at one point, Sylvia was caught stealing a gym suit from school to wear because Sylvia refused to buy her one. Um, when asked about it, Sylvia confessed. And said, I mean, because she, she doesn't know any better. You yeah. know, she's like, yeah, I, I needed a gym suit. I was getting in trouble. Right. What else am I going to do? Gertrude built her, beat her with a three-inch police belt. And you know the belt I'm talking We oh, own the yeah. belts we're talking about. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Those are going to fucking hurt. She, and she immediately pulled her from school. Wow. Um, after beating her with the belt, she repeatedly kicked Sylvia in the groin, preaching about the, quote, evils of premarital sex. I wrote in my notes, again, Paula is pregnant. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Um, Hello. Now, Stephanie attempted to stop Gertrude, yelling at her, quote, she didn't do anything. Yeah. Nothing. She didn't retaliate against Stephanie. She continued to beat Sylvia, stopping only long enough to burn Sylvia's fingertips with matches. My God. Dude, this this poor girl. Now, in a switch from her norm, Gertrude ended up using the police belt a couple days later on Jenny after Jenny was caught stealing one shoe from school for her good foot. Yeah. So during July and August, uh, their parents would occasionally visit the girls when their travel schedule permitted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, they had gone blind because they saw nothing wrong. Uh, Of course. Uh, So why would it would fuck up their you know yeah their routine? Mm -hmm. So Sylvia and Jenny were obviously terrified to tell anyone because they were told the situation would would get worse. Yeah. Uh, Gertrude threatened Jenny that she would abuse and torture her the same as Sylvia. Jeez. Um, now, she would already receive occasional beatings if she spoke about Sylvia, and she was being bullied relentlessly by the neighborhood girls because she had a limp. Sure. So, because apparently that was okay then. 
Um, so when their parents did visit, the parents said that they didn't show any signs of distress or mistreatment. Again, are you blind? Apparently. How do you not know your own kids? Peekaboo. I can look. I see you. I can look at Jax and tell you he's going to throw up in about four and a half hours. Yep. I, yep. You're you're exactly right. I, I can. I, I know. I, how do you, you know immediately? I know immediately. I know probably before he does. Yes. Yeah. And you don't know that your kid's being beaten? I know when the kid pokes his own fucking eyeball and hurts himself, let alone somebody else. I, I think it's just, at that point, it's denial. I mean, fuck, I know when you're going to get sick. I know. And at, at that point, like I said, I, I think it's almost like that's denial. That's beyond denial. That that's You just don't want to know. You just don't give because a shit. Because gonna, it's going to fuck up your routine. Right. Because then you're going to have to bring them with or, you know. Right. Oh, my God. So... They were always with Gertrude, too, so she wouldn't allow her parents to visit them alone, which mm-hmm. there's red flag number fucking 37 right yeah. there. Um, on what would be their last visit, immediately after leaving, Gertrude said, quote, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? Now they're gone. Mm. So towards the end of the summer, Sylvia and Jenny were at the park with Gertrude's 11-year-old daughter, Marie. Um, they ended up running into... Uh, Sylvia and Jenny's sister, Diana. Oh, wow. Now, they didn't tell her what was wrong. You know, Sylvia said at one point she was hungry, and Diana gave her a sandwich to eat. No one said anything about it until September after they saw Diana at the park again. This time when they saw Diana at the park, Jenny and Sylvia told her everything. Yeah. Um, They said how Sylvia was specifically being targeted, and it was usually for things that she had neither done nor said. Um, but because they didn't tell Diana the exact address, Diana thought that they were exaggerating and kind of just brushed it off. Wow. Now, Maria ran home and told Gertrude about the sandwich that Sylvia had gotten weeks earlier. Mm -hmm. And Gertrude lost her shit. She accused her of engaging in gluttony. Um, and Gertrude and Paula then ganged up against Sylvia, choking and bludgeoning her. My God. Yeah, over a fucking sandwich. Sylvia was then thrown into a scalding hot bath to, quote, cleanse her of sin. Well, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, When she would pass out in the bath, Gertrude would repeatedly bang her head against the wall. Again, that's what you do. Now... What the fuck? We're getting to the point. Sylvia doesn't fight back at this point. I mean, Gertrude's 100 fucking pounds. She's a little lady, but... Sylvia was, you respect your elders, and that's that's how she was raised. Mm-hmm. But then Paula, who was kind of a beast of a girl, yeah. um, would obviously help Beastly. her mom. Beastly. Yeah. So, shortly after this happened, though, um, Arsenal Technical High School received an anonymous phone call, which turned out to be from uh, the father of a neighborhood kid, Michael John Moore, regarding a girl at the uh, Banaszewski house with open sores. So Michael John Moore had come home and told his dad, like, "Good, there's this girl. Good. Like, yeah, fuck, something's you know? <clears throat> going on." So now, Sylvia hadn't been to school in several days at this point. So they sent the school nurse to the house to investigate the claims. But mm. what? The the what? The school nurse? Yeah, right. Okay. 
Uh, Gertrude said that Sylvia had run away, and uh, she was unaware of her actual whereabouts when she was gone, and that Sylvia was, quote, out of control, and the open sores were a result of Sylvia's refusal to maintain basic hygiene. Wow. Uh, She claimed that Sylvia was a bad influence on her sister Jenny and Gertrude's kids, and the school went, hmm, okay. Oh, my God. Hey. Okay. Okay, we're done. Yay. It's 1965. Right. Right. Now you fucking spank your kid. Yeah. And you go to jail. Yeah. So Gertrude's neighbors were a middle-aged couple named Raymond and Phyllis Vermillion. Uh, They had visited the Banaszewski house on two separate occasions and thought that Gertrude was just an ideal caregiver. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Now, during that time, though, they would later say that they did witness Paula hitting Sylvia, who had black eyes at the time, and openly bragged about her abuse of Sylvia. Hmm. On the second visit... They both said that Sylvia appeared meek and zombified. Wow. So there's nine kids in the house and one child is like this and yeah. you don't you don't say shit. Sure. Well, why not? You um, know. I mean, the one sits down, she's like, "Yeah, I beat the fuck out of her." Eh. <laughs> it's like fun. It's our game. Meh. Eh. Meh. Meh. What? None of this was brought up. Yeah. Um, around October 1st, uh, Diana figured out the address to the house, actually, and went to visit Jenny and Sylvia to try and establish a relationship and regular contact. Yeah, right. Uh, Gertrude refused to allow her in and said that she had received permission from their parents to refuse visits and then kick Diana off the property. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, Jenny would see... Diana again, who asked about Sylvia, and Jenny's response was, quote, I can't tell you or I'll get into trouble. Mm-hmm. So why at no point did Diana go to the police? Right. And say, listen, like something's going. And I mean, really, if we're going by pattern here, I'm not sure much would have happened. But. Yeah. I don't. I feel like you got to sure. try. You, you got to do know? something. Fuck. Yeah. Um, you got to do something. So the brutality and the frequency of the beatings and torture was rapidly increasing. Um, Because of this, Sylvia would eventually become incontinent. Which means what? She can't hold in her waist. She can't. She she just will poop and pee because she can't hold it in. Um, it, It could be because she was denied access to the bathroom for so long that yeah. Her body just couldn't hold it anymore. Yeah. Um, it could have been the the, tr- the continual beatings and the, the kicking to her fucking Oh, you think region. so? Jeez. <clears throat> um, so because of this, as punishment, she was rarely fed and often deprived of water. Oh, man. Which will, will girl. cause the incontinence. Dude, so, what a life. Um, Gertrude would tell the other kids in the house that Sylvia was directly insulting her or them in hopes of provoking them into verbal or physical abuse of Sylvia. Because she wasn't getting What is the enough. issue with Sylvia? I, they never Why? know. They don't know. I know. Just Wh- relentless. What is, what is the issue? Just her? Just her. Just her. 
I, I don't understand. I'm don't so know. confused. But then, like, I don't get it. Like, you see it in other cases of abuse. Like, Gabriel Fernandez. Oh, yeah. He had siblings. Yeah. It, Why just him? You know? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. it and it, it breaks my heart to think, like, you know, I mean, this one's not with her parents, but like Gabriel Fernandez, he's with his. Pa- that's that's your protector. Yes. That's who. That's your safe space. Is your yeah. parents, and that's you're where exactly you're supposed right. to feel safe. And I, it breaks my heart that these kids are 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 babies. Yeah. And they're alone. Yeah. They've you got know, no one. Jackson goes to bed at night knowing. Leah goes to bed at night knowing her parents have her back. Right. They have a safe space they can come to. Yeah. And these kids don't, and that oh god, that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart too. Oh like, yeah, I just I can't. So yeah, it's hard thinking about that. Um, at one point, Gertrude came at Sylvia with a knife, telling her to quote fight me back. Bitch, I will shank you in a Fuck kidney. Yeah. Sylvia didn't know how to fight and told Gertrude, "I don't know how to fight. I can't fight you back." Mm. Gertrude responded by slashing Sylvia's leg. By October, Gertrude started throwing Sylvia into the basement and tying her up. Uh, she was tied to the railing naked. Because why give her clothes at this yeah, point? Yeah, of course. Um, now, Gertrude and Paula, and I read this in a couple sources, so I felt like if they put it in, I had to put it in, uh, that Gertrude and Paula would occasionally take a break from beating Sylvia, because that was apparently their new hobby, uh, every couple days to, to watch their favorite TV shows at night. <sighs> Yeah, uh, um, that's they would just stop, you know. Of course. The Price is Right is on. I mean, right? We gotta, we gotta focus. Price is wrong, bitch. bitch. <laughs> Fucking love that movie. Oh my god. Oh, Bob that's Barker. Great. I th- <laughs> every fucking shift now. I feel like I say Herbie Hancock. Herbie. <laughs> Herbie Hancock. Hancock. <laughs> it's so fucking classic. <sighs> So, like I said earlier, Gertrude would invite the neighborhood children over and charge them five cents each to see the, quote, display of Sylvia's beaten and broken body. With the help of her children and neighborhood children, Gertrude would gag and restrain Sylvia, then throw her into a tub of scalding hot water. Then she would literally rub salt in her wounds. Like actual salt. Into wounds. Dude. Gertrude, then, with the help of her 12-year-old son, John Jr., rubbed um, the um, contents of a very dirty diaper from the baby into Sylvia's mouth. Oh, my God. Dear Lord. And then she was given half a cup of water for the day to drink. That was it. Dude, this poor fucking yeah. girl so now as if it wasn't bad this is where it kind of goes downhill this yeah. is like the last couple days right on october 22nd um 12 year old john jr gave sylvia a bowl of soup to eat with her fingers oh then he immediately took it away now sylvia was malnourished to the point that she couldn't eat at at this point she could try but she couldn't really eat your body's rejecting everything at oh this point. yeah so yeah of course um, for some reason, um, Gertrude started to allow Sylvia to sleep upstairs on occasion, but it yeah. would be on the condition that she learned not to wet herself. 
Well, she can't sorry. hold it. Yeah, she can't fucking help it, bitch. Yeah. Well, Jenny one night snuck her water and Sylvia wet herself. Oh. So Gertrude got, got pissed. And she, again, forced Sylvia to insert a Coke bottle into her vagina in front of the neighborhood children and her children. This fucking lady needs to be lynched and hung up by her fucking vagina. I'm telling you. For some unknown reason, Gertrude started accusing Sylvia of branding her children. um, Saying, quote, you have branded my daughters. Now I am going to brand you. Um... And she started carving the words, I am a prostitute and proud of it, onto Sylvia's abdomen with a heated needle. My God. When Gertrude couldn't finish the branding, she had a neighbor boy, 14-year-old Richard Hobbs, finish. Good job, dude. And then she just took Jenny to the store while while this was happening. Just whatever. Yeah. Um... He would later testify that they weren't so much carvings as they were, quote, short, light etchings. Oh, because there's a difference. Because that makes, yeah. Yeah. That makes it better. She, Sylvia, moaned and was visibly clenching her teeth the whole time. So don't tell me those are short, light etchings. Um, Richard and 10-year-old Shirley Banaszewski then took Sylvia down to the basement where they attempted to brand her with an anchor. So it would have made like a three because they like an like an like an S-shaped anchor. You know, yeah. like the the thing the plants hang from. Yeah, okay. I, I know what so, you're talking about. <clears throat> they fucked it up and it looked like a three, like right under her left breast. Yeah. Um, Gertrude then told Sylvia that nobody would marry her because of the carvings. Sylvia Fuck was you, yeah, bitch. She was devastated by Gertrude's words again and just cried. Um. Later that same day, Gertrude forced Sylvia to display her carvings to the neighborhood and then told everyone in the neighborhood she got it at a sex party. Oh, my God. I would imagine that some of these kids would go home and tell their parents. You would think. How do they not? Yeah, you you would think. But, babe, I, I don't know. I'm... I'm just baffled by this whole I, thing. I'm baffled like, by the whole thing. I don't get why it's just Why Sylvia. it's just her. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, you see that with like patterns. But I'm baffled that, I mean, not one of these kids went home and was like, dad. Yeah. Get like, this. Or mom. Like, look, this is what I saw today. Right. Right. Get this shit. I mean, oh, God. Or when she's like throwing her out in the fucking neighborhood nobody sees that mm. there isn't a mailman that saw that right nothing I, mm. I don't know so that night sylvia told jenny um basically I, I know you don't want me to die but i'm gonna die i can tell that i'm gonna die yeah um gertrude then forced sylvia to write a letter to her parents saying that she had run away Uh, She had run away with a group of boys voluntarily to engage in sexual relations, but eventually um, these boys inflicted extreme abuse and torture upon her. While she was writing this letter, Gertrude was coming up with a plan to have John Jr. and Jenny blindfold Sylvia and take her to a wooded area called Jimmy's Forest and just leave her to die. Uh, after finishing the letter, Sylvia was again tied to the stair railing, and 
Sylvia tried, or Gertrude tried to force feed her crackers. Yeah. And Sylvia said, just feed them to the dog. Wow. To which Gertrude um, and John Jr. beat her in the stomach. Oh, my God. Perhaps that's why she's incontinent. Yeah. Because, you know, there's nothing protecting her innards. No. And you're kicking them. Right. (sighs) This poor girl. On October 25th, Sylvia attempted to escape the house from the basement after overhearing Gertrude and John Jr. talking about their plan to take her to the woods. Yeah. Due to her injuries and weakness, Sylvia couldn't even make it to the front door. Oh, wow. Gertrude again tried to force feed her crackers before repeatedly beating her in the face with a curtain rod until it bent. What a bitch. At that point, Coy Hubbard. Dude, took the eye for rod. an eye. Yeah. Eye for a yeah. fucking eye. Um, at this point, Coy Hubbard took the curtain rod and struck Sylvia one last time, knocking her unconscious. And then they dragged her back into the basement. Later that night, Sylvia took every last bit of energy she could muster to try and alert neighbors of her presence in the basement by screaming for help and beating on the walls. Mm-hmm. An immediate neighbor would later tell police that she heard the, quote, commotion, but after its sudden stop at 3 a.m., she decided not to call the police. Good job. October 26th, by that morning, Sylvia is unable to speak um, anything intelligently. Yeah. Or move herself with any coordination. Yeah. Gertrude um, realizes, shit, like this is escalating. Mm-hmm. Brings her into the kitchen, props her up against the wall. Can't even put her in a fucking chair. And attempts to feed her a donut and milk. Yeah, that's not going to work. When Sylvia can't figure out how to drink the milk, because she doesn't have any fucking coordination left... Gertrude throws her to the ground and then drags her back to the basement. Jeez. Sylvia then becomes delirious, constantly moaning and mumbling. Paula attempts to get Sylvia to recite the alphabet. Sylvia can only recite four letters and can no longer raise herself off the ground. How the fuck can you do this to a person? Paula says to stand up or she'll long jump on her. Long jump? The fuck, like, are you are Olympian? Thinking, that's what I'm like. Are we thinking of the same thing? Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Honey, baby, sweetie child, you're a big one and you're pregnant. You ain't long jumping fucking nowhere. Right. How about that? Yeah. Um, Gertrude then orders Sylvia to clean herself after she has defecated on herself, but she obviously can't. So she lays there in it. Uh, that afternoon, Gertrude gathered all the neighborhood kids into the basement, basically just to stare at her. Sylvia now, she's she's still obviously delirious, but she's pointing out and naming everybody. You're so-and-so. You're so-and-so. She points at Gertrude and says, you're Gertie. So she she had it. Well, this pissed her off. This pissed Gertrude off. Um, Sylvia then attempted to eat a rotten pear that she had been given, but couldn't, and said that she couldn't because of her loosened teeth. Yeah. Jenny, at this point pointed out to Sylvia that she had lost her front tooth at seven and then she left the house to do gardening for spending money. Hmm. Yeah. On one hand, I'm like, how do you leave? But on the other hand, I'm like, how do you not? Yeah. Because if they're not going to focus on her, they're probably going to focus on you. You know what I mean? True. That's a hard one to, you know. Yeah. 
So John Jr. then came into the basement to uh, clean Sylvia by hosing her down with a fucking garden hose. Sylvia attempted to escape again, but collapsed before even reaching the stairs. Gertrude responded by stomping on her head. Oh, my God. Then just standing there to stare at her. At approximately 7.30 that night, Richard Hobbs arrived at the house, went down to the basement, and fell on the wet stairs. When he fell, he hit the floor and immediately saw Stephanie on the floor crying and holding Sylvia's emaciated and battered body. Uh, Stephanie had gone downstairs. She had been ordered by Gertrude to clean her. Now, for some reason, Stephanie always was kind of the one who tried to stop it. Like, I'm not going to defend her in any way, shape, or form. But Mm -hmm. um, she wasn't beating her. Right. You know, willingly. Yeah. Um, Stephanie and Richard then bathed Sylvia in a warm, soapy bath and dressed her in new clothes and then put her on a mattress in one of the bedrooms. Sylvia uttered her wish, which were her last words, that she wished her, quote, daddy was there, and asked for Stephanie to take her home. Oh, God. Stephanie assumed her talking meant that she was getting better, telling her sister Shirley, quote, she'll be all right. Not long after, though, Stephanie realized that Sylvia had stopped breathing. Oh, man. Uh, She attempted mouth-to-mouth, while Gertrude ran around the house, yelling that Sylvia was faking her own death. Fuck. You. She then repeatedly beat her with a book, yelling, faker. Oh, my God. I want to beat her with a book. When that didn't work and Gertrude realized what was actually happening, she panicked and she sent Richard Hobbs to a nearby payphone to call the police. The police arrived at 6.30 p.m. Um, Gertrude met them at the door and handed them the letter that Sylvia had written that she forced her to write. She claimed that she had been, excuse me, quote, doctoring Sylvia for an hour, attempting first aid. She said that Sylvia had run away earlier with several teenage boys, only returning um, an hour earlier, bare-chested, holding the note to her chest. Hmm. Paula went around the house, holding a Bible, stating that Sylvia's death was, quote, meant to be. And then tells Jenny, quote, if you want to live with us, Jenny, we'll treat you like, our, like you're our own sister. Wow. Jenny recited the rehearsed story given to her by Gertrude, but then whispered to the police, quote, you get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Oh, my God. So because of Jenny, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, because of Jenny, Paula, Stephanie, Gertrude, and John were arrested within hours. Thank you. Lord. Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs, two of the neighborhood boys, were arrested hours later. Initially, Gertrude denied any involvement, but by October 27th, uh, Sylvia, or excuse me, Gertrude confessed to knowing, quote, the kids, which were Paula and Coy, had physically and emotionally abused Sylvia, mm-hmm. stating, quote, Paula did most of the damage, Coy Hubbard did a lot of the beating. Uh, she admitted to forcing Sylvia to sleep in the basement three times after wetting the bed uh, and ignored the officer who responded to that by saying it was likely due to mental distress and injury to her kidneys that she wet the bed. Oh. Huh. Go figure. Paula openly and without remorse admitted to beating Sylvia with a belt, 
breaking her hand on Sylvia's jaw, pushing her down the stairs, quote, just two or three times, giving her black eyes and other acts of brutality. John Jr. admitted to spanking Sylvia once and saying that he would participate and, quote, most of the time I used my fists to to abuse her. Yeah. Um, He also admitted to burning her with matches on several occasions and stated that Gertrude would burn her with cigarettes. Hmm. On October 29th, five other neighborhood children were arrested and children, 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 were arrested and charged with causing injury to a person. They were released... I hope they're all charged as as adults. Oh, my God. They were released to their parents under subpoena to appear as witnesses. Oh, my God. Okay. Sylvia's Mm. autopsy showed... This is a little jarring. Yeah. FYI. Uh, Sylvia's autopsy showed in excess of 150 separate wounds and severe um, emaciation. The wounds varied in location, nature, severity, and stages of healing. They consisted of burns, severe bruising, and extensive muscle and nerve damage. Her vaginal cavity was swollen shut. Oh, my God. There was no sign of sexual abuse. How could you? Right. But you're being kicked in the fucking vagina. Yeah. Yeah. Her vaginal cavity was swollen shut. This part got me. All of her fingernails were broken backwards. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Mm. Oh, that's fucking terrible, babe. Mm. I always think of the one. Um, oh, God. Fuck, the movie with Kevin Bacon. Yes. Where the girl's in the wall. And, like, they show yes. her. Just, Stir of echoes. Yes. And they show her, like, trying to hang. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, most of the external layers of skin on her face, breasts, neck, and her right knee were either peeled off or had receded. And she had bitten her lips to the point of partially severing sections of oh them. Oh my God, this poor girl. What a fucking life. The official cause of death given by coroner Dr. Arthur Keeble, Arthur Keeble excuse me, was subdural hematoma from blunt force trauma to the right temple, which is uh, a brain bleed. Um, shock due to severe and prolonged damage to skin and subcutaneous tissue and severe malnutrition were listed as contributing factors. Yeah. Uh, she was in full rigor upon discovery. But they also said that the bathing of her could have kind of delayed it. And I don't know. So, um, so the funeral service for Sylvia was conducted at the Russell and Hitch funeral home in Lebanon. On October 29th, the same day the neighborhood kids were arrested. Yeah. Um, Sorry, my bottle kept popping. Her casket remained open. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? It added dignity for her. Oh, my because God. Because they, they kept it open and then, like, propped a, a picture of her taken in July prior to well, the Why beat. would you do why that? Why would you do that? Um, the reverend stated, quote, we all have our time of passing, but we won't suffer like our little sister suffered during the last days of her life. He said she has gone to eternity. Uh, her headstone was inscribed with the words, Our darling daughter. <laughs> that you didn't give a flying fuck about. What's the point of even life? You know? Babe. Living that 
that kind of torturous. Death was probably sweet release for her. Yeah. It had to have been. Mm-hmm. At that point? Yeah. It had to have been. On December 30th, 1965, a Marion County grand jury returned first-degree murder indictments against Gertrude, Paula, and John. Good. Also indicted were the two older neighborhood boys, Richard Hobbs and Coy Hubbard. Good. All were charged with having repeatedly struck, beaten, kicked, and otherwise inflicted a culmination of fatal injuries to Sylvia Likens with torture. premeditated malice. Yeah, torture. Yeah. Now, three weeks prior to the filing of the indictments, Stephanie Banaszewski, because she had also been arrested, she had been released from custody upon a writ of habeas corpus bond. Uh, with her attorney successfully stating that the state had insufficient evidence against her to support any murder or culmination of fatal injury charges. Stephanie waived her immunity from any potential impending prosecution and agreed to testify against her family and any and all other individuals charged with abusing and murdering Likens. Wow. She gave up her immunity. That's awesome. Um, at a former, at a, excuse me, for, formal bleh, 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 pre-trial hearing. Words are hard. They're hard, babe. Um, uh, in 1966, several psychiatrists testified before the judge that their psychiatric evaluations conducted upon uh, Sylvia, or excuse me, Gertrude, Paula, and John all stated that they were more than mentally competent to stand trial. Um, All the trials were tied together, so they were all tried together. They were um, obviously uh, defended by different people. Yeah. Paula and John Jr. claimed they pled not guilty, along with the two neighborhood boys, claiming that they had been uh, pressured into participating into Likens, torture, abuse, and, and torment. Gertrude pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh, fuck you and the horse that you rode in on. Mm. Hmm. So, this one's a little tough, too. Uh, One of the first witnesses to testify on behalf of the prosecution was the deputy coroner uh, by the name of Charles Ellis. He testified uh, to the intense pain that Sylvia had suffered, stating that her fingernails were broken backwards, which we knew. Uh, she had numerous deep cuts and punctures that covered much of her body, and her lips were, quote, essentially in shreds due to her having repeatedly biting and, and chewed on them. Um, he also testified that between the two to three days prior to her death, uh, Sylvia had been in an advanced state of shock and could not offer any resistance to any form of treatment in her final hours. Wow. Um, this is what he did say too that although there was extensive swelling inside and around her genitalia, she bore no evidence of direct sexual molestation. Yeah. Um, Jenny would end up testifying against everybody, um, including when she told her, "I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell." Mm-hmm. Um, on May 10th of '66, a minister testified that he knew of a teenage girl being abused in the Banaszewski household. Household. Thank you. You're welcome. Although he failed to report this information 
um, as he was informed by Gertrude that Sylvia had, quote, made advances to men for money, and he believed that the girl was being punished for soliciting. Fucking piece of shit. Many, many more people testified to the abuse Mm -hmm. and the torture. Um, A lot of, all of the kids came back to testify, Mm -hmm. saying that they would see Sylvia being beaten. One testified um, that she saw Gertrude actually pour salt in her actual wounds. Oh, my God. Marie uh, Banaszewski testified and admitted to help in the carving. Um, It was just, I, I, I I don't even know how this happened yeah so she claimed um insanity they put a a psychiatrist on the stand to say that she has not ever been psychotic is not psychotic and has no mental health issues yeah the trial lasted 17 days before the jury uh, retired to consider the verdict on may 19th 1966 after deliberating for eight hours the panel of eight men and four women found Gertrude Banaszewski guilty of first-degree murder. Thank the Lord. Recommending a sentence of life imprisonment. Good. Should have been death, but... Paula uh, was found guilty of second-degree murder, um, and the two neighborhood boys, along with John Jr., were found guilty of manslaughter. Wow. (sighs) Upon hearing the words, Gertrude and her children burst into tears and attempted to console each other. Oh, fuck off. Uh, seriously. On May 25th, Gertrude and Paula were formally sentenced to life imprisonment. That uh, same day, Richard Hobbs, Coy Hubbard, and John Banaszewski Jr. each received sentences of 2 to 21 years to be served in the Indiana Reformatory. Good. Um, in September of 1970, the Indiana Supreme Court reversed the convictions of Gertrude and Paula. You've got to be fucking kidding me Mm-mm. nope uh based on the judge repeatedly denying um the defense for a change of venue and separate trials wow um they said you know they were tried in the same area they lived obviously they yeah. can't get a fair trial and you tried five people together when you should have done it separately yeah um the pair were retried in 71 Um, And on this occasion, Paula actually pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter rather than face a retrial. She was sentenced to serve a term between two and 22 years imprisonment. Um, Despite unsuccessfully having, uh, she attempted to escape twice. Uh Yeah. She was, she was released in December of 1972. Oh my God. Please tell me she's dead. I don't know. But she was, she served, what, four years? Uh. That's it? Uh-huh. Gertrude Banzewski was again convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Um, she became a model prisoner. Uh, she was known to be somewhat of a, a den mother to oh, younger inmates. Of course. And of course she was. was called mom. She was paroled in 1985. Please tell me she's dead. She had changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen and described herself as a devout Christian. Of course. She's reborn. Um, Obviously, people disagreed with her her role. Um, There was 40,000 signatures from 
Indiana citizens saying that she should not be fucking released. Yeah. Um, but she was paroled. God. Yeah. Uh, within her parole hearing, Banaszewski stated her wish was that Sylvia's death could, quote, be undone. Although she minimized her actions by saying, quote, I'm not sure what role I had in Sylvia's death because I was on drugs. I never really knew her. I take full responsibility for whatever happened to Sylvia. Unreal. She Unreal. Was, she was paroled on December 4th of 1985. And we don't know where she's at. She went to Iowa. She moved to Iowa after I, that. I, I, mm-hmm. I pray that she's dead. Um, <laughs> after her parole, Paula also assumed a new identity and worked as an aide to a school counselor for 14 years. Get the fuck out of here. She changed her name to Paula Pace, concealing her criminal history when applying for the position. However, in 2012, the school discovered her true identity and fired her. Good. Good. Um, she ended up having the baby she was pregnant with while awaiting trial. Uh, she named her Gertrude, and the baby was adopted. What a f- fucked up story now after she uh gave up her immunity stephanie ultimately had the charges dropped against her after Mm. she turned state's evidence yeah um Mm. they attempted to re retry her but it never it never took okay um she became a school teacher wow married and had several several children wow uh the boys all served less than two years and were all paroled um, on or around February 27th of 1968. If that doesn't show you how screwed up our judicial system is. Uh, uh, <laughs> Richard Hobbs, one of the neighborhood boys, was known to have suffered at least one nervous breakdown and died of lung cancer on January 2nd, 1972 at the age of 21. Good. I hope it was painful. Um, Hubbard uh, didn't change his name and was repeatedly imprisoned for various criminal offenses. Um Again, being charged with murder in 1977. Jesus. Yeah. He died of a heart attack at the age of 56. Good. Um, Hope it was painful. John Jr. went under the alias John Blake. He became a minister. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Frequently hosting counseling sessions for the children of divorced parents. Jesus. (sighs) What a fucking joke. Jenny Likens went on to marry and stay in Indianapolis. She did have two children. Um, however, she remained traumatized by the abuse and was dependent upon anxiety medication. Yeah. Same girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel you. <laughs> um, she died of a heart attack at the age of 54. Wow. Yeah. Um, their parents, Elizabeth and Lester, so Betty and Lester... Died in 98 and 2013, respectively. All their kids died before them. Yeah. So. That's, man. Sylvia Likens, or excuse me, Gertrude, I believe, um, I, I want to say Gertrude is, she's dead. I, I fucking hope so, babe. Yeah. I fucking hope so. Uh, they all died in their 50s. John Jr. died of uh, diabetes. 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 Yeah. Gertrude is dead. Good. Jenny clipped out the obituary and mailed it to her mom. Good. Saying damn old Gertrude died. Good. I hope it was painful. 
So that is the. Oh man, what a story! Isn't that terrible, babe? It's. I, I don't even know what to say. I don't know how your brain works like that. I I don't either. Number one, I don't know why it was just Sylvia, too. Yeah. Why she was picked out. And why is but, that? I feel like that's going to be a rabbit hole that I go down. Like, why is that a pattern? Yeah. Why do a lot of abuse, case, abuse cases end up that way, where it's one person that's generally picked out? Yeah. Like, are you picking out the weakest link? Or I mean, that's almost what it sounds like. The most helpless, you know? But children... I don't know how you could do that. I, I couldn't even fathom that. You know, and, and she was 16, and she was bigger than Gertrude. Everybody was fucking bigger than Gertrude. But right. she didn't fight back because she was taught not to. Right. I, Man. And the the neighborhood kids. That killed, like, the fact that everybody turned a blind motherfucking eye to this. It's not like you saw her getting spanked in fucking JCPenney. Right, exactly. You know, it, it's yeah. not like it's not like I spanked my kid in Target and some lady walked by and was like, oh my God, you beat your children. Right. I, this girl was going to she school was, with cigarette burns yes, on her. She was being tortured. It's, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know. What a fucked up story. Yeah. So well, sad. So, I would say that's a good story, but it's, I mean, I'm glad that everyone's fucking dead, to be honest with you. And they all died in their 50s. Yeah. So, you know, that's the only thing I'm happy about, but man, what a crazy story. Out of nowhere. I mean, what makes a person snap like that? She had no history of, of anything. Right. And then all of a sudden, she's literally torturing a 16 year old. Yep. I don't know. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that story. Uh, I know it's been a while since we've had a regular episode, but uh, we are back. Jamie is on the mend. Um, whatever platform you listen to, listen to us on, please hit that five-star liking. Uh, tell your friends, family, whoever. Um, what? He's He hears the fireworks, and he's scared. But he's trying to protect you and I. That's why he so keeps he's switching going back spots. and forth. Yeah. yeah. Um, hit us up on social media. I'm always on there. I'll talk to you guys uh, this weekend. Um, we will be at Anime Midwest in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, I believe it's at the Hyatt. Ah, uh, yes. Hyatt I Center. believe that's what you told me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we will be there at 11:30 a.m. Oh my god! Yes. Ugh. Yeah, it's gonna be an early morning. Yeah. So shit. But uh, we'll be presenting our panel. So if you're in the area, the Chicago Land area, come on out, Rosemont. Uh, it's right off the expressway. Yep. So. Other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, our next episode, you won't have to wait too long. No, or, no. Uh, Jamie's already digging on, yep. digging in on it. So That's a fucked up one too. Jeez, we'll surprise you guys. It's it's a f- another fucked up case. So, mm-hmm. all right. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye.